Jiu-Jitsu impossible. At 35 years old, starting Jiu-Jitsu, I thought getting my black belt was impossible. But with hard work and a great group of friends around you, anything is possible. Well, we're back another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Impossible. Professor, it's been a while, hadn't it? Man, it has been a while. Uh, you've been working, and uh, I was on, you know, death's door with this sinus uh, yeah. pre-flu mess. I was there. You know, I was at. I was training. I think it was Thursday night, and Coach Rob looks over me and says, "Dude, we need another episode." <laughs> And then he proceeded to choke me for five minutes straight. Dude, I've been getting that and people texting me also and saying, hey, uh, when's the next one going to drop? I mean, it's just I mean, I've, I've missed uh, the conversations. I've seen you because I've been training and yeah. you've been there, but we've not had the mics in front of us. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Just mic ourselves up, you know, and talk uh, on the mat. Uh, a lot of trash talking goes on there. <laughs> you just hear a lot of grunting noises from That's me. That's it. So. <laughs> well, so um, just got a little catch up and stuff. Like, what's your jujitsu been like this last month? Uh, it's actually been better because my body is, uh, even though I've been fighting this sickness, when I do get a chance to roll or train, um, uh, I'm healthy as far as uh, the joints and the muscles. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a weird uh, egg. Sometimes if I lay off of jujitsu for a week or two and then I start rolling, I stop thinking, you know, which is always a good thing. And uh, so the jujitsu is getting better. But uh, now, you know, my my lungs suck from having this sinus mess. Yeah, yeah, that makes it gnarly. How about your jujitsu, Mister White Belt? Man, I don't know. I've I've gone through bursts. I've been able to train a bunch, and then little bursts have not been able to train that much. Work's been crazy. I've been on the road a lot. Um, you know, it's just interesting. I'm I'm pushing on almost a year of doing this, mm-hmm. and I remember I was really really frustrated because I felt like I was super stuck a couple of months back. Um, and you remember, you know, me and you had the conversation off, off, off mic during a private when you were like, Hey, you just need to start on your back and just get used to being, and I did that for a while, yep. a long time. And then I asked you, I said, Hey, is it time for me to maybe change this? And you're like, yeah, yeah. You know, go back into, go back into combat base and start that way. And, you know, I feel like about a month ago, you know, I went for like months of just jujitsu being super frustrating to, Okay, I'm understanding some things. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a bigger guy. Um, you know, the body mechanics started working. I was rolling Professor Philip Friday, uh, f- Friday or Saturday. I can't remember which one of class it was. And I remember in mid roll, he's sitting there and he's, you know, of course, he's destroying me. And I remember telling him, I was like, I know what I should do right now. And I cannot get my body to do it. And he's like, you will one day. It will one day. And so it's it's like it's kind of in a weird. I can't train as much as I'd like to right now. But uh, you know, it's it's going. I did have a weird thing though. So Friday and Saturday, you know, we uh, smaller classes, and I trained. I had this realization. I trained with two other white belts. Um, you know, one of them I'm assuming has been in about as long as I have. The other one has been in relatively shorter. He's right. a, he's a part of our academy. Had two wildly different experiences with them. Uh, I mean, both were fantastic training partners, but I, I, I typically, like so many other folks, you tend to always roll with the exact same people so you know the game, all that sort of stuff. But I realized what was so wild was, you know, one of them who's relatively newer to the gym just was a booger mm-hmm. to handle. Like, you could I know who you're talking like, about. Like, does he, did he wrestle? Like, what, what's background? Uh, he used to 
follow him and mate, well, he still does, but like really close. And um, I've won, what I've heard is he had some friends and they would get together and they just try the moves and stuff. Okay. Uh, in fact, he wanted to just do no gi, and I said, well, we don't offer just a no gi program. Uh, now he's really starting to like the gi. He, oh, he likes it. He's he likes it gi. a lot. <laughs> uh, and you know that happens in jujitsu. You have people that are uh, just naturally uh, gifted as uh, athletes, but then you have those that have the jujitsu mind, yeah. the grappling mindset. Yeah. Uh, you encounter all kind of people. Like when Ed came, uh, Ed was such an athlete that the only thing he was missing was the technique. Yeah. Now he has the strength, the uh, athleticism with the knowledge, and it's you know. Yeah. Made him a beast on the I mat. Saw, I, it, so we had a, a fire across the street from my house this morning. It's a firefighter. And I looked out, and there's Ed loading up the, the fire truck. Mm-hmm. Took a picture with him. W- was he carrying the fire truck? I yeah, was just yeah. curious. He had yes, one in each shoulder. Yes, like he was that, carrying both the fire trucks. That would be trucks. Ed. Both the fire He was doing swings between his <laughs> legs with them. Yeah, no, uh, Ed's a beast. Ed, in Ed's jiu-jitsu, it's interesting. It's cool. I like it. Ed's jiu-jitsu. It's weird because like, it's pressure without pressure. Yes. I know what you're talking about, but he's it's it's just it's a different thing. But I mean, he's so strong mm-hmm. and just ripped. Well, he also listens, which is which is really yeah. good. Uh, he knows where to apply the pressure. Yeah. Um, and then going backwards a little bit, I want to talk about your your roles. I saw uh, some of them on Friday. Oh, and, okay. I'm um, curious now. You're doing a lot better. You're you're um, implementing the private lesson stuff. I noticed. Yeah. Uh, the only uh, the only thing is, you you have that look in your eye where I, I'm like, oh, he's thinking, okay, <laughs> he's thinking, you know, uh, and sometimes and that happens at that level. Well, I was, uh, I was looking at it, like, oh, look, Chad's on his back. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't stay there. You don't just lay there. I'm working. I'm, I'm, yeah. I figured, you know, one of the things, you know, Coach Barrett said it to me a couple of months back and he's and he's like switch your hips switch your hips he said you need to figure out how to switch your hips and then like two weeks later i was rolling him again and he's like oh you learned how to scissor your hips Mm -hmm. and he's like okay now this is a problem yeah because he was just like now i don't have to worry i used to not have to worry about that the fact that you figured out that body mechanics piece um the the hips are so important it's and as a, uh, a former PE teacher and, um, you know, having a degree in uh, kinesiology, I uh, understand how important that center is. And kids escaping uh, arm bars, uh, you know, they won't scissor their legs. They won't use their hips. And yeah. 99% of them could, could escape the arm bar immediately if they would just turn into them. But they want to just lay there. And, yeah. You know, um I just tell people don't don't lay there don't yeah be active uh, and I've learned I'm trying to think who it was oh no who Lauren I remember one day about a month and a half ago two months ago back when you would always get me on my side and you get me technical mount right and that was just kind of like though that's Chad's position yes she's like she one day she said hey if you can get your elbow out you'd be surprised what could happen and it's like. Uh, there's a frame here. Mm-hmm. Like this changes everything. And so it's like this weird little, like I learned last week, I realized the difference between me having my fist on the mat down right, and me having my hand sprawled. And like that, like those just got that body shifting thing. Cause I mean, I'm a big guy. I mean, I've lost yeah. a lot of weight since I've been you doing have. this, 
but I'm still a big guy. And I know that regardless of, I mean, even Chewie still tells me, he's like, my number one goal is for for you to not get me on my back. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that's everybody's thing they're thinking about. And so I've been having to realize so much of the game is is on the side and on my back and that sort of piece. Like, I need to learn to play not with the one goal of let me get them on their back and then I can do jujitsu. Right. It's a, you know, you need to be able to do 360 jujitsu. All around, and I think a lot of that to kind of go back to the 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 guy that watches tons of MMA. I I've had a lot of road time in the last few weeks traveling. Um, I'm, I'm in road back. dog. Oh, I mean, I've put. I mean, I've had my vehicle for six months. And I've got twenty two thousand miles on it in six months. I mean, wow. just on the road. But I work in Baton Rouge. And I got two and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's once a week. Sometimes twice a week. Um, but I've been listening to a lot of jujitsu podcasts, just kind of realizing. But you were talking about like the MMA thing and the grappling. Like realizing more and more now that even what we do is a traditional academy in the gi. I didn't know gi one time. I hated it. Yeah. I had to roll with Sarah Saturday and she forgot her gi. And I was like, I can't tell where you are. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's a, there's, I didn't realize how much the gi just helps you realize where your opponent is. Um, but listen to a lot of it. And that's one of the things they talked about is how, you know, even in a traditional jujitsu academy, like we are. We're not just doing traditional jujitsu. You see the influences of wrestling and the no-gi technique. Like you're seeing you're seeing the evolution of martial arts, you know, kind of every time you're with somebody different. Yeah, it's by design. Um years ago when uh Professor Ben started, uh he came from MMA. He had broken his uh his ankle, I believe, and uh after he healed up uh, one of uh, my friends at the time, he was. Uh, we were both blue belts. Uh, Zach uh, said, "Hey, why don't you go give jujitsu a try?" And he went and he stayed. He never left. Yeah. Uh, but when I started using him as an instructor, when he got his blue belt, um, we sat down one day and we said, "You know, this gym's focus is not going to be the technique of the night uh, or the month. You know, we're going to focus on concepts. Uh, keep keep the fundamentals important and." When we talk about concepts, we wanted to be able to focus heavily on moves that work gi or no gi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could work MMA, and that's where we're at. Uh, now, do I want an MMA program in my gym? Absolutely not. Just because I'll tell you, I'll tell you, just we like this. Two nights a week. I know. <laughs> it's it's kind of come to that that um that point, but uh, I love the guys that do it. Uh, Professor Philip and Coach Jose. Um, but the reason I never wanted it is because uh, I'd never wanted the 20-year-old cocky guys that come in for MMA. But luckily, Professor Philip and takes, Jose, they have, a, they have a way of weeding them out. And yeah. so it's been really good because most of the time they can't pay. And in my, my situation, uh, for over the years, you'd have these 20-year-olds come in, oh, man, I'm going to do jiu-jitsu, I'm tough, blah, blah, blah. And um, – so you sign them up, and then about a month later, they, they'll give me a sad story. i got to drop out. I don't have any money. Well, the first thing they do is uh, when they sign up is they want to be my friend on social media. Yeah. Well, then they drop out, and next thing you know, they're posting pictures of the club with the girls and all this other stuff. And all. I'm, oh, that's what it is. You're a 20-year-old that has other priorities. Yeah. Give me the 30 and above crowd. Really, I would say uh, 40 and above. Uh, they're settled. They know what they want in life. Uh, they pay on time regularly uh, unless somebody hacks their card. That happens a lot. Uh, 
these guys have a, a just a, a a thirst for being around guys like uh, yeah like themselves yeah. and not being on a treadmill. And you know, I, gosh, I, man, I hate treadmills. Yeah, and then we could do a whole podcast on uh, gym culture, not jujitsu gym culture, but just gym oh, culture. Oh, oh, oh. and I'm like, dude, you know, I yeah. laugh at all these well, people. You know, you, you think about it. Like this weekend was Calvary Christmas, and we went on Saturday at like two o'clock. And I knew that we had some of our guys. Like Professor Phillip had his little crew that was there. Now, I will say, Professor Phillip's one of those rare guys. When he goes to the gym, he goes to work out, not to just be seen. Oh, yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was wild because, you know, we were in there and uh, saw Silas, saw Cameron, like, uh, saw Smokey. I like, kept seeing all my jujitsu buddies there. And my wife was kind of getting tired. said, oh, that's so-and-so. That's so-and-so. She's like, oh, yes, and all that kind of thing. What was wild was an intermission. I walked. I went out to go to the restroom. I'm walking back in, and I saw somebody who had dropped out. Oh no! Had only had come for like a month. Yeah, and dropped out. And you could tell the awkwardness factor. It's weird silence, isn't it? it? it or, I was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Oh, hey. And it's like I walk by, and you realize, yeah. like, I you know, you know, you've always talked about people who drop out, mm-hmm. and like I saw Andrew uh, about a month ago. He's like, "Man, I'm just trying to get my stuff and da 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 da." Can't wait to be back on the mats, all this. And then I saw this guy this weekend, and it was, it was, it was just almost like this embarrassment-type piece. Mm-hmm. It was just a weird – I mean, I, I mean yeah. I'm still only a year into this. There's all these things you hear about, and then I'm still experiencing for the first time. And it was like, wow, wow you could tell. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, I'm not putting down anybody that does contracts. That That's their, their deal, you know, because uh, you go to a health club, there's a contract. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got to do it. Uh, I don't. Um I, I never have, never will. Uh, when I started uh, a commercial martial arts school before I even started jujitsu, uh, one of the things I'd hear around town is the kung fu guys, the taekwondo people. You'd have to do a contract. Well, the kids wouldn't like it, or they wouldn't like it. They'd quit after two months. Well, what happened was they they would still pay on a year. Yeah, and they would never go back to martial arts because they got burned yeah. financially. Uh, it's kind of like a, a divorce. Like, you know, if she don't want to be with you, man, don't force it. Just, yeah. just, you know, yeah. go, go away. Uh, so what I, um, what I decided, uh, was no contracts. And because of that, when people do quit, sometimes we, we get them back because there's no bad feelings. It's like, yeah. Hey man, you know, uh, when we see them, we miss you. Love to have you back. How's life? Sit back in. I had, you know, I have no ill will with people, uh, that quit. Do I get disappointed? Yes, because a lot of times I can see their potential even if they don't. Yeah. Well, I think especially in jujitsu because, you know, the guy that I ran into the other day and saw him real quick could have been a beast. Yeah. Strong, big old boy. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, it's like losing kids to travel ball. You know they're an average baseball player or an average soccer player. They'll go to soccer. Yeah. But they were getting to be at a B and A level in jujitsu, and it's yeah. like, you know, uh, can we work both? But uh, the parents, you know, it's usually one or, or, or the other, and it just, man, when you see that potential, just leave your just, gym, and you're yeah. like, oh man, really? Well, yeah, and you th- it's just the whole priority piece. But I'm, I'm telling you, you know, we've talked about them before on this. Um, it's going to be wild when our current batch of teens hits adult. Scary dude. I, I mean, it's. It's going to be scary mm-hmm. because we've got some, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old little monsters. 
Yes, and that one uh, privet guy, if he gets any taller, I don't know if we're going to have a gym uh, that he could fit in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That that kid, He's uh, his dad and I did karate together years ago, um, yeah. and he's been training with me now probably for eight years. And when he started, there's pictures of him barely at my rib cage. Yeah. And now when I hug, he's taller than you. his belt is above my pecs. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. in the world yeah. happened here? Yeah, so it's just there. So like, how have you seen, like, you know, we talked a lot about you know, the, you know, the kind of beginning point of this podcast was the you know, the 15 years of, of jiu-jitsu in Sinlaw. Now it's 16 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're coming back. That, in January, we 16. Yeah, we've hit the, an- yeah. hit the anniversary of, of, of Professor Jeff coming and doing that first uh, yes. seminar. Um, but you've been doing martial arts for 35? 38. 38 years. Well, Thirty-eight. It's really probably if I if I cherry pick some of the training I had before, I could I could push it to forty. But uh, officially, uh, thirty-eight. Thirty years. years. So, you know, where are you seeing you know jujitsu? You know, really hit the United States in popularity in the early nineties. That's when mm-hmm. you start seeing. Like that, like that level. I mean, you got the, when, was, when, when were the Dirty Dozen getting black belted? Yeah, those Is that early nineties. No, uh, yeah, it would be like mid nineties. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I'm doing the math in my head. Like when your cousin, when Professor Jeff Messina started doing jujitsu, because he got his black belt right when you. Yes, he had just gotten his so, black belt so sixteen years ago. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, you see this curve where it's. And I was laughing because I came across some Instagram or TikTok the other day. This curve of work where it's like, oh, my goodness, these guys are absolutely – I mean, I remember I saw your cousin when he came to that seminar last year. Yeah. Walk in, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that guy's terrifying looking. Yeah, he said – yeah. <laughs> Just looks. I was like – I mean, he didn't have a rash guard on. His hair was slick. I mean, it's like yeah. – so, But then like, – Jeff is – he's a beast, but, man, he is one oh, of he's the cool. he's chillest, so cool. coolest dudes you'll ever but meet. But I was laughing. I don't know. Do you ever watch the show Young Shelton? Yes, I have. Have you seen the clip where he's walking around, kind of like all sore? Like, what happened? He's like, I was training jujitsu yesterday. It's like now we're making. I didn't jokes. see that episode, but somebody shared the, the clip. clip. So it's probably Huey. Yeah. So it's like so. So where I mean, like, where are you seeing? Because you're also so knowledgeable in so many other martial arts. Like, where are you seeing jujitsu like change and shape and shift as it becomes so much more normalized? Yeah. Um. Ecclesiastes, uh, the scripture, and there's nothing new under the sun, yeah, right? Chapter three. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's not. Uh, it's going to go through the same thing that all the American, uh, I say American, uh, all the martial arts that came from overseas to America will go through. Originally, um, if you read uh, Robert Drysdale's books, um, Jiu-Jitsu, Valley Tudo, all that were like in circuses. And um, some of those fights were even staged and all that. And then it went through... It's really judo. It's uh, they use the jujitsu to try to look, you know, older or whatever. But it was judo at the time. Everybody was doing yeah. Jigoro Kano's judo. Um, but they focused on the ground, and it went through the stage where uh, it was combative. Uh, then the sport. Then it came here, and it uh, it showcased the the combativeness with uh, no holds barred fighting. Um, with the first UFC, um, then tournament growth. And now, and not to knock anybody, but if you look at uh, 
all your no-gi championships and stuff. Now it's starting to become like MMA is now, uh, kind of a WWE yeah. show. And oh, yeah, you got all the, the Gordon Ryan B-team. So we're, that, so, yeah. we're going through the circus stage. Uh, you know, the co- competition helped innovate jiu-jitsu uh, to a certain degree. But I think, to me, they've lost some of the self-defense aspect in it. But that... You know, it's it's what you like, and you can modify anything. But what I think is going to happen is it's going to be eventually so popular, it's going to be like Taekwondo, karate. A lot of times when people say karate, it's really Taekwondo. Uh, it's going to go through that, that, that stage where there's going to be some commercial places, and they're going to give away belts, and they're going to break away from the IBJJF. They're going to rank their own people because the Japanese tried to hold on so tightly to judo yep. and jiu-jitsu the, the Chinese were even worse with Kung Fu that they lost the grip because Americans are like, we don't want to be told what to do. Uh, we don't want to be, you know, um, ruled by somebody overseas. So you'll have your own organizations uh, pop up. Um, but it's almost the same thing. Look, look at karate uh, in the 70s. It was strong, hard, traditional, blood and guts, you know, Chuck Norris fighting, no no hand gear, nothing, you know, punching bare knuckle, to uh, Elvis Presley getting involved. Then it started becoming more commercial again, almost yeah. the circus again. Yeah. Then the Karate Kid comes out, and you think that's what really blew up karate. The problem with the Karate Kid is we all thought there was going to be Miyagi-style dojos everywhere with old-school karate yeah. and all that. No. Yeah. What happened was... So the you co- got Cobra Kai's. Cobra Kai's. But the Koreans looked at the popularity of karate, and they're like, well, we're Taekwondo. We'll just say we're Korean karate. Then they dropped Korean karate to where it just says karate. They did a... They just... A, a, a blitz campaign of opening schools all over America. But they were really learning Korean Taekwondo, which was a watered-down version of... Japanese karate, which Japanese karate was a watered-down version of combat Okinawan karate. Yeah. So in jiu-jitsu, what's happening is, whether people want to believe it or not, sport is going to water it down as a self-defense, but it's going to continue to make it popular, but it's going to go through that cycle where eventually somebody's going to be like, you know what, let's get back to the self-defense. Yeah. Let's get back to the hardcore stuff. Yeah, and I've been watching that. Like, we talk about the... uh you know, the sports side of it, um, I found him on YouTube initially because people say he lives off of pizza. And then I, uh, but the Mikey, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, Yusamesi. I can't you pronounce talk, it either. Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? So, young phenom, like 21, 22, just yeah. destroying everybody, almost all nogi. But that's the big joke is he, 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 Super big into the intermittent fasting, and he eats one giant meal every night, and that's yeah. it. And he's skinny; I mean, he's a little guy. He's a, I mean, he's a featherweight, probably weighs 130 pounds. Right. Um, but then you have, uh, you know, we were talking about her on the chat. Uh, she's training with Donner now, Helena. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so you got the the sports stuff, and that's the kind of the big questions that I was thinking about when I was listening to, you know, just like 10 to 12 hours of jujitsu podcasts driving mm-hmm. around for a couple weeks at work is. You know, the sports side of things is like, when does the sports side of things develop something past the point to where it's even marketable to a person who has an 11-year-old kid who wants to start getting into some sort of team sports but struggles mm-hmm. with, you know, whatever. Like the kind of the, 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 yeah. that, that perfect kid that you want to see enter in our, our youth program. Right. It, it's uh, it's going to always be a struggle because, you know, anybody – 
can go to a football game, hockey game, basketball game, and just within five minutes, somebody can explain the rules to yeah. you. And it's exciting. Uh, Jiu-jitsu sometimes is a, it's exciting to us to watch, yeah. but not always uh, to the parents or um, just spectators in general. Uh, you know, know, Meredith, when we walked into that first in-house that I came to, I'd been training for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. We ran into you and Coach David, and uh, and I think Huey was rolling, and we got right there, and Meredith was sitting. She was like, "What on earth is this?" Right? You don't know when you're walking. I mean, we, I think that people think a competition. Yeah, they're not thinking of six to eight mats running simultaneously mm-hmm. with like a crowd of people around them hollering and screaming. Right. And if you don't know, like I still barely know the points system. Yeah. It wasn't until the last in-house I competed with with, uh, with Maxwell, with Captain Hooks. We kept saying, get your hooks in, get your yeah. in. Realizing, like, it's points. Like, he's leaving points on the table. Just not like, we didn't even know that. We're just like, you know, my mom had the same reaction the first time she came to one of my karate tournaments. Um, we walk in, and the first ring right in, and the same thing, you know, there, there are eight rings going on. Right in front of us, um, a guy, uh, and this was the, the team division, too, kicks another guy in the nose, and there's blood everywhere. You know, white geese, butter. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, it's, it's not always like that, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's the, the the combat aspect of competition scares some people. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm, I like competition. My only thing is I want a gym or dojo uh, where we're there for everybody. You, yeah. You know, and we've had guys win on every level. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so I want I – want, Balance, as Miyagi would say, there's life has to be balanced. Yeah. Well, but I think it's also that's what's fun about it. And what's amazing is you know the people that you get to train with, um, and that I, I love how we don't have some sort of elitism with the people in the academy that absolutely kind of have the right to be elite if they wanted to act that way. But instead, what I'm finding out is for the most part, those are the people that are willing to be the greatest. You know, help. Yes, and offer themselves to other people. I think that's one of the unique things I love about about Alexandria is, you know, the best of the best is coming to the worst of the worst. Yes, like Thursday, I'm sitting there Thursday, I'm sitting, I'm kind of tired. I'm like, oh my goodness, and all of a sudden I hear Professor Tim, come on, Chad, and we're going to start standing up, and I'm like, great, this is going to be painful. <laughs> Yeah. But it's like that. I mean, you, you hear all this stuff. About, I mean, you got a guy that, I mean, I don't know how much stuff he's won at IBJJF uh, across the board, and he's now coming down to a white belt. It's, it's just, I think that's the thing that boggles the mind. But it's like, what do you think it's going to take to keep jujitsu at that kind of more diverse expression at the same time? It's just going to uh, take instructors willing to be diverse. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And we talked about gym culture before, and uh, yeah. some people are so hyper-focused on uh, competition. Some are so high, uh, hyper-focused on um, self-defense. The Valente brothers, the Gracies in uh, California, uh, very self-defense oriented, but they're missing the the competitiveness of uh, live rolling more and, yeah. and things like that. It's just balanced, but that that's America. That's what's great about it. You can choose which gym you want to go to. Here in Sin Life, you want to go to a competition team, there, there's a, a gym um, yeah. close, and they're very good at it. Yeah. And, and I've even told some people, if that's your main focus, go over there. You want to be a bu- around a bunch of 40-year-old guys that are getting healthy and uh, they're going to talk about deep subjects sometimes, that's, that's this gym, you know. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But we also, uh, we try to balance it. And that next generation you talked about of teens, that's going to be the competition generation that's going to uh, help. Uh, not all of them, but uh, uh, there's quite a few. So it's just balance, man. We just yeah. we want to have balance. Karate, um, they sold out because of tournaments years ago. Yeah. But here's what happened. They started giving the instructors kickbacks for how many students they brought. So it incentivized them to bring more students to tournaments. Yeah. Um, tournaments became a big money-making thing. The promoters, each uh, head guy in the organization got to host a tournament, so yeah. they made money. But the quality went down, um, and then there's because there was too many of them. The, you know, post-COVID, man, look at IBJJF, how many people would enter a tournament. Now you got guys winning stuff, then they had like, Two fights, if yeah. they had two fights, you yeah. know. Um, but that's the 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 world we live in right now. People are still yeah. afraid. Uh, some are afraid because of COVID. Uh, still, you know, it stays in their head. But a lot of it is the Biden economy too. You know, I hate to you know be political, but man, when eggs are costing in some places eleven dollars for you know um, a carton, it's hard to say. You know, I'm going to go to a tournament that I got to drive three or four hours to. I'm going to have to get a hotel room. I'm, my my entry fee is going to be over a hundred bucks. I got to eat, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's expensive. It's, yeah, yeah, man. it's expensive. So uh, what do you see? So you talk about how the younger generation is going to be the competition generation. Do you think this, let me ask you this. So do you think the self-defense angle is even in their minds? No. Um, they can handle themselves on the ground. Uh, I'm fortunate right now. Most of the, the, um, teens that I have, they were doing both for a long time, karate yeah. and jujitsu, and I'm heavy self-defense in the karate, which my karate self-defense is is really a blend of karate, judo, and jujitsu. Um, I try to keep it modern, too, because we, we have to have modern answers for and we're And you're seeing things. some of the teens also stick around for MMA. Right. So I think they don't look at it separate. It's just part of what they're doing, which yeah. is what I like, where it's all combined. Uh but what I do feel uh, will happen eventually, as the world gets a little scarier, I think uh, the self-defense is going to be uh, highlighted a little bit more. And yeah. It, and it, it should be highlighted. I always tell people, you could you could win a gold medal, but if somebody puts you in an um, uh, arm bar with a choke uh, on the street or, or a bear hug, and you don't have an answer for that, then I failed as an instructor. Yeah. I, I look at myself as, well, that's, as a that's, failure. Ask that, because like, you know, going back to the conversation that kind of jumped us into this, that, the, that one stripe white belt who I had, I mean, it was great training part. He was tough, but you said that, you know, you, you talked about, well, he's been watching a lot of MMA doing moves with friends. I remember, you remember uh, earlier this year when that guy got put in a rear naked in the New York subway and died? Yeah. I remember hearing a lot of people. I read some article and somebody said, like, you know, so many folks, so many folks watch MMA on TV. They think they know how to do this, right? But they don't know what it feels like mm-hmm. when somebody kind of starts going out from them. I don't know what that feels like because I've never been in a situation where I've probably put anybody remote, anybody remotely close to actually being choked out. Uh-huh. But do you also think that you know so many people being able to, you know, hit YouTube, hit Instagram? watch these things on TV and give themselves like a level of knowledge of this is also changing stuff. Cause like back in the day, I remember reading karate magazines in middle school, like in 1990, mm-hmm. 1991. And you could read the magazine, but there you couldn't do, I mean, you horse around with your friends in your backyard, but nobody we're doing what's on the movies. Right. You know, now people can actually get a 
pretty decent amount of understanding. Yeah, I'm not um, not a huge YouTube fan for beginners, but they're, the instruction level has gotten better. I'm just using YouTube as an example. There's you know digital downloads, yeah. DVDs, but um, the instruction has gotten so much better that just take it from a self defense instructor's point of view. I used to have to just teach kids how to block wild punches and how to uh, stop them um, from taking them down to the ground, okay? Um, you know, just like a grab and, a, and, and, yeah. and they tussle and they go down. Now, because of MMA and YouTube and stuff like that, just for self-defense, I'm having to teach kids how to sprawl for a double leg takedown, single leg, because kids or teens are watching this stuff, you yeah. know? And I've had so many teens over the last few years come in, and they think they knew what they were doing. They were close. Don't get me wrong. They were very close because of what they've been watching. Yeah. All we had to do was tweak it a little bit. But if that kid had been a bully, then another kid, they need to an answer to that. So yeah. self-defense evolves, it changes. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, going back real quick, I had forgot to make that. Uh, what Elvis did for karate in the 70s really is what Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan has done for us now. Yeah. You know. Um, did, did I hear you say that last week or I hear somebody else say that? It wasn't me. Okay, I've heard that, yeah. That, but it, it, it's true, it's that same thing. It, it got mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, and it's wild. Like I text Huey, I was at work sitting in a bar at a Mexican restaurant several months back and it's like I don't want to sit in my hotel room I'm going to go across the street to the Mexican restaurant and get a margarita just whatever it's like margarita, 10 o'clock at night fancy um, oh I'm a sucker for margarita so, sucker really? for frozen margarita yeah yeah I had a tequila and, uh, incident in college I, I can't do it anymore <laughs> but anyway so I'm sitting there and UFC's on and I'm watching it and I find myself I, I, I prior to training I don't think I uh, one time I went over to a friend's house who owns a taekwondo School yeah. in Monroe, we watched it, but I had no earthly idea what was going on. I wasn't interested whatsoever at all. Right, I was like, okay, I know what they're doing. I know, I okay, 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 and it's like, okay, this actually begins to change some stuff. And I think that that's that's true. If you have somebody who's really really into this, you know, eleven or twelve or thirteen years old, like they can pick up a pretty significant amount of stuff. Oh yeah, but it. it we used to think we were boxers when uh, in my generation because we'd watch boxing all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we didn't really know how to box. But we knew to keep our elbows in and to throw a punch in a straight line. Yeah, you, just, you chase the chickens because Rocky chased the chickens, and you're good. Yeah, well, I did it because I was Cajun and we're trying to get one for a gumbo. But <laughs> so, so we said we so we talked about like the sport competition side of jujitsu. We've talked about the um, self defense, the self defense side of jujitsu. Is there another side of jujitsu that you think? Is is popping up out of that because you've seen the commercialization of so many other martial arts? Um, because of the commercialization, you're seeing um, actually a lot of different levels. You're seeing uh, like different merchandise now becoming more mainstream, things like that. Uh, you also uh, start to see more kids getting into it as a alternative sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not being rude at all but the kids that would normally play soccer that wouldn't play a contact sport yeah uh, they do my karate class uh and and you know some quit when we start sparring but uh they they like the kick and punch without really getting involved with too much contact yeah but your uh a lot of your pre-football uh kids they'll they'll start doing jujitsu um just rough and tumble yeah and then there's the nerds that do jujitsu i hate to say it that way because i would have been labeled as a nerd yeah uh they're high thinking, 
kids that also want to learn self-defense. Yeah. Uh, and once they get into it, it challenges their mind. Well, that's the Mikey, whatever his name is. Like, that's what you're, you're talking about. I wonder yeah. if, if maybe some of it also is, I guess, part of the question would be, is jiu-jitsu getting too complicated because you have that more mathematical, analytical, the nerdy side of yeah. jiu-jitsu, which is, a, which is a real side of jiu-jitsu, that um, their brain can comprehend these six, seven, eight-step movements Yes, ten times better than mine can. Yeah, I keep it simple. Yeah. But, yeah, the, and they like that. That's their thing. Yeah. Sometimes they overcomplicate it just because it's fun. Yeah. You know, think about it. Yeah. It's it's like, oh, I can do this, this, and this, and this. They're pretty good. I mean, yeah, I, I, they're very good. Uh, but it's it's a mental challenge to them. Yeah, I'm thinking of a handful of guys in our place that I know that 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 probably uh, applies to, and they can do some really complicated stuff that I'm just. Yeah. The only thing that I think um, I agree with uh, with Drysdale on, uh, especially, is. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu didn't have that moral character um, that was pushed. Uh, the, the 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 whole Zen that kind cause, of thing. Yeah, because uh, karate was for defense only. Yeah, uh, judo same kind of the same way, but judo had more of character building. It was for the betterment of of humanity. Jiu-Jitsu came from Brazilians fighting, yeah. and they wanted to to keep fighting and uh, and push that. Yeah, he's kind of macho, but uh, yeah, at the, but that's Brazil. I think, yeah, Carlos, uh, uh, Grandmaster Carlos tried to uh, to do that. He had his twelve little commandments and stuff, but I I never see anybody talking about him or pushing it. Yeah. Uh, and the way I always looked at it is martial arts is like giving someone a loaded gun. Okay, so they have the weapons, but if you don't teach them morality, then that's dangerous sometimes. Yeah, you know and. There's good people that are going to be good people. Yeah. But we've had some guys come through, and after a little bit of training, we run them off. But then they they have some basic skill set. Like uh, Jeff used to say, uh, six months of jiu-jitsu go a long way. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, like, I, I would say I would say that I would still be relatively unconfident in anything if anything squirrely happened around me until about six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I guess by saying, I was like, okay, no, nah, I'm pretty comfortable with this, but yeah. So, so do you? So you've got that kind of analytical, multi-move side of jujitsu. Um, but I think it's interesting you say like there's like the, the moral character that was present in some mm-hmm. of the other martial arts. Yeah, because most martial arts you have the uh, the mind, body, and the spirit. Yeah, that, that's their focus. Uh-huh. And so, you know, uh, it's almost like. You also have competition, you have self-defense, yeah. and then you need that spiritual side just or, or uh, a morality side. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that's because to create Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you also see, in, in some ways, I can't remember who it was I heard say this. It <clears throat> might have been Dean Lister. Mm-hmm. Um, that in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you have, especially in modern sport jiu-jitsu, you actually have the combination of both Eastern and Western grappling styles. Right. So you have the Sambo, you have the catch wrestling, uh, Valley Tudo, that, that, and then you have the, the historical line through Japanese jiu-jitsu into judo. Mm-hmm. And so do you think maybe some of it's the fact that what we're dealing with is actually a unique, a uniquely Western martial arts style for the first time? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Western, but wearing a gi. Yeah. Just like the Brazilian stuff was not Japanese, but they were wearing a gi. Yeah. You know, um, 
even the belts. I mean, they changed the belts. They didn't use belts at the beginning, but uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I think jujitsu has the opportunity to grow even bigger because what do we do here in America? We take something from another country and we innovate and we innovate because we have more freedoms to do so. Yeah. Um, that's my personal opinion. So, you know, um, it's just so interesting because each, each team, each, uh, uh, you know, instructor has a different focus for their academy and stuff, but that, that's with all martial arts. Yeah. But, but uh, jiu-jitsu just has such varied um, focuses, you know, uh, depending on, on what academy you're at. Uh, so things things are just interesting, man. Uh, you know, you got to pick what works for you. Yeah. Just like, all, uh, you know, martial arts, I don't uh, – I don't pick on on very many, and I know a lot of jujitsu guys want to pick on other martial arts. I think whatever gets you off the couch and gets you doing something, yeah. that's on you. I mean, yeah. uh, like you and I right now, everybody has different tastes. Uh, if, I don't know if you drink soft drinks every now and then, but if you had to pick between Coke and Pepsi, what would you pick? Oh, Dr. Pepper. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Pepsi guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and some people are just Mountain Dew. It, it's yeah. it's taste, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And some people they, they come to the gym for um, for different reasons, but they sign up a lot of times for. Uh, we talked about this before, gym culture and the you know, the the vibe uh, of yeah. the the place. Yeah. I mean, look, you walk in, you look at me, fifty one, sharp, bald, look more like I look more like Mister Miyagi than I do anything else. Yeah. Um, pretty quiet most of the time. Does that appeal to you, uh, you know, or not? Do you want a, a, a younger guy that that's, uh, you know, uh, going to appeal to your fighting, you know, yeah. side? Uh, it, it, and it's just up to you. It's, it, yeah. What makes you feel comfortable? Uh, I used to hear karate instructors talk all the time about they're going to sign up based on the interaction with the instructor. Yeah. That's why I let my wife talk to people, and I just stay away from it. <laughs> <laughs> what? David Jones sold me on it, though, man. Yeah, that dude is jujitsu salesman of the year. Man. Look, we have never had a December where we gained. Like we we still have people We've coming gained in. in December, dude. I've I've um, nine maybe new students in December. Um, that white belt line's getting deep. Yeah, and then some of them are like you know kids. Like I had a guy come in. Uh, I say a guy. He, he's fifteen. Been doing um, an American style of karate for two years. And he said, look, I just need something different. Um, he said, I know how to kick. I know how to punch. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the the tournaments. To, and, and, you know, with karate, it's I never liked them anyway because they were uh, one-point wins. That's not how a real fight is. Um, but anyway, he just wanted something different. He came in, and he's, I said, well, you get a free week. He goes, well, he turned to his mom. He said, can we sign up now? Yeah. You know, just watching class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just I think that's, and that's the biggest thing is – you know, so much the kind of larger focus of this podcast is, you know, jujitsu for old guys, like the post thirty five thing. Yeah, I think that you know you might come in looking for one thing, and I think that people that stick around they end up finding not just their one thing. Like I wanted health stuff, right? And then also just wanted to. I've been I've been living back in town for six months and mm-hmm. was getting a little bored and was like, oh. I, I, I mean, me and you went to high school. We're buddies in high school. Oh, I get to hang out with my high school buddy. Now, yeah. now it's thick as thieves. Uh, and so I think that the people who end up falling in love with it, you know, you come in looking for one thing, but you end up finding all the things and, th- and things that you didn't even know you wanted. 
or you mm-hmm. didn't need, but you're realizing this is adding so much value into my life from a physical aspect, from a mental aspect, from a relational aspect, from a spiritual. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a very well-rounded pursuit where everybody is trying to make each other better. And that's, that's the, the thing I love it is we're all, it, it made no sense to me at first, the culture of all of the higher level colored belts immediately grabbing white belts mm-hmm. before I realized it's like, no, we all make each other better. You know, it's funny you're talking about this. Uh, I was talking to one of my black belts. Uh, there was a there's somebody in the area that put on Instagram, uh, and we knew they were talking about our gym, uh, that we're like, uh, like a cult. And I'm like a cult leader because, you know, uh, everybody, you know, hangs out together. Everybody, you know, uh, is happy, basically. I heard this, too, from somebody else recently. Oh, you guys are just... Yeah, you're so happy, and you talk to each other like about all these these other things, and it's almost like a little cult. I said, "Why do y'all keep saying cult? It's not people are. I think this day and age are so um, into themselves with uh, cell phones and stuff like that. They're not connected to other human beings. So when you see a group of people that genuinely like to be around each other, trust each other, it's so weird. It's worn. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's just modern oh, yeah. days. It's nothing like you know, weird or anything. Anybody knows I let Philip, all these guys teach, you know, Ben, I, I, I don't stand up there. Like all knowledge flows from me, man. It takes everybody. Yeah. Uh, but are we unique because I have a traditional martial arts background? Maybe because I can't not unthink the way I've, yeah. I've thought for 38 years. Yeah. So I bring in the good and try to leave the bad. Well, and it's like we've talked about before. You really see culture happen when the people you've passed down the culture to pass down the culture. Yes. And I'll tell you, because I've never seen you there, but Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm in Eunice. You're in Eunice. Yeah. So, Coach Dustin, Coach Corey, Professor Ben's there. Right. And he now is acting like you. Mm-hmm. With, it's wild. Like he'll, they'll always say, Professor, do you have anything? No, no. He might have a little detail to add, but it's so interesting. Like, so, like, you can see your generational culture passed down. Yeah, we want everybody to grow. Everybody's got yeah. talents, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, competition training. Uh, Philip and I were talking about the competition coming up soon in, uh, in Sinla. Uh, my job is really more the motivator. Yeah, I could technically do a lot, you know, when it comes to coaching, and I do some, but um, I like to motivate. I like for Philip and those guys to be the technicians. I like mm-hmm. the team coach. Yeah. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to utilize their gifts, their strengths, you know. Um, and because they have different strengths, it helps my weaknesses, yeah. uh, you know. And, and that's what I want. I want a group. Of, uh, definitely, you know me, I'm not a socialist or a Marxist at all. I hate that yeah. stuff. But at the same time, um, I do believe that it does take a whole community in ju- in jujitsu and martial arts to help people um, to realize their potential. Yeah. So the, the the nerdy sociological word for what you just described is communitarianism. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, well, I think we've had another fantastic conversation just about how things have changed, but also kind of had the same conversation we've always had on this podcast too. Is just about what does it take to build up a great academy? Yeah. And, uh, and it was a catch-up episode. Catch-up. Catch-up. Yeah, I mean, and Merry Christmas to everybody. It's coming yeah. ho, up, ho, guys. Ho. Yeah, and all that jazz. Christmas episode. <laughs> I don't know. We're probably not going to do one of those. But <laughs> no, I don't know if we have time. <laughs> well, we will see you all back on the next episode of Jiu-Jitsu Impossible. Thanks, Professor. Thank you. Adios.